You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 68. Today, I've got Kenny Jang on the podcast. We're talking about doing video daily, and it's not as hard as you think it is. So check this out. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who's recovering from a ninja fight. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm so glad to be with you. I'm Seth. And today I got a good buddy on the show. His name is Kenny Jang. Kenny is from New Jersey. He is a fun dude. And I got to hang out with him a little bit at the conference recently at that church conference in Atlanta. We'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about video. Video is the new black, right? And he said that a couple of times. I've heard him say it. Uh, Video is the way that social media is going, whether you're on Instagram or Facebook video categorically gets better engagement, better likes, better shares, better, right? More of that interaction engagement. So for your church, how should you be leveraging video? Well, a lot of us have this big studio or this idea that we have to have these big cameras and this lights uh, and these uh, sound great microphones and all kinds of important expensive equipment. And uh, Kenny's got a little bit different idea about that, about how you can leverage video in a little bit less expensive way and a little bit quicker way to keep up with the fact that, man, we've got to stay moving fast and because the more video we put out, the more the faster we put it out, the more uh, the algorithms and all things like that on Facebook and on Instagram and on YouTube kind of work for us. It also it helps us engage with our audience a little bit better if we'll take some of these tactics we're going to talk about today concerning video for social media. Now, for your services and for if you're going to put it on a blog or you're going to do something else with it, uh, like on YouTube, you might want to spend some time. You might want to use some bigger equipment. Depends on what you're trying to do. But if your goal is to simply engage and interact with your people online, we've got some tips for you. Show notes for today are going to be found at sethmuse.com slash 68. This is the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. Get ready for Kenny Jang, everybody. It's going to be awesome. Here we go. Recording. Podcast. Ready and podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks. And with me today, I have my friend Kenny. How's it going, man? Very good. I was actually just thinking, where's the Seminary of Soft Knocks? (laughs) Soft Knocks. That sounds gross. That sounds like like a flat Coke. It's the the Soft (laughs) Knocks. You're the first person who has ever asked me that. I just, I mean, you're qualifying your qual- the quality of your knocks, right? That's your <laughs> differentiating yourself there. <laughs> oh, that's good. That got me. That got me good. <laughs> well, Kenny has been on the show before, and Kenny is a communications guru, entrepreneur up in the yeah. uh, the northeast, and. Uh, Kenny, just tell tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do and uh, what you're, um, you know, what you're into these days. 
Yeah, that's that's the way of saying thing, something like, uh, "What do you do? You, I don't know what you do." <laughs> yeah, what is it exactly you do? Mainly, it's because it's like, "Hey, point to one or two of the fifty things that you do, and let's talk about that and say that's what you do." So I guess I mean at the root of it is I am an entrepreneur, um, and so I do have my hands in a lot of things. But basically, um, I run a digital agency called Big Click Syndicate. We help uh, faith-based. Uh, nonprofit and cause-driven organizations with strategic positioning and audience engagement, and we use you know social, digital, um, you know all the tools of the trade that are standard right now to help them achieve those goals. And then I run a couple of outfits like Church Butler, which helps um, you know the local church put social media to work so they can focus on the people. And then I've got another project called Generosity Labs, which is a clearinghouse of education for digital online text giving for pastors and church leaders. And so um, just having fun, trying to create value in the world. Isn't that what we're all supposed to do, Seth? Absolutely. And you always do have fun. You're always a lot of fun to be around. Uh, <laughs> the uh, That church conference was, was recent and uh, you were there. And some of my favorite photos are of you. With your whiteboard arrow sign pointing oh, at random people, I don't <laughs> yes. think that uh, most people do not think that that was part of the package when they bought tickets there. But yeah, we <laughs> wearing those ridiculous sunglasses inside, it was awesome. I love those photos. Go check out my Instagram and that church conference Instagrams, and I think you posted some too on yours, right? Go check out your Instagram, and <laughs> yeah, a lot of people posted them. Yeah, that was a pretty popular photo. Um, <laughs> one of them was arrow to uh, was it Stephen Posey. And you said something like Hugh Jackman autographs or something yeah, like that. Yeah, there was no Stephen. Stephen was not at the conference. It was Hugh Jackman. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so yeah, it was funny. Like, jacket on, and you just felt like he just come out at you at any point. Yeah, and sing a song with his yeah. with with his adamantium claws. Yes. So no, uh, have, I think that's one of the great things about that conference that Justin has put together, as well as this community of church communicators is that, yeah. right? I said this, you're part of this culture and community, this ecosystem that we've created is, I mm-hmm. think it's kind of like the ground rules are take your work seriously, but not yourself seriously. And yeah. we're here for each other, right? I think this is the culture that we've all started. And I love it. I love the fact that it's permeating every place. Yeah, I do too. It's It feels like family. It feels like home. It feels like yeah. this is where my friends are. And I've definitely made some good friends all over the country because there's we're all connected in Facebook groups or this conference or we go to these, you know, do all the same things. And uh, it's really, really cool because um, I think all of us kind of know in the back of our minds that at any moment it all changes and all of us go back to being idiots and we don't know what's <laughs> going on at any moment. They could change the game. Facebook could roll something out. Instagram could do something crazy. Email could change forever. And we'd never know. That's why you need friends. And you just, you just need people to help you figure it out, man. It's really helpful. Whereas, uh, uh, other communities may not have that kind of, that kind of necessity of, of friendship. But uh, Seth, I don't know if I've ever told you, remember, um, the first time I met you at uh, your hometown, you took us out. I came with my, uh, I think he was in, my son was in sixth grade then. It was your son's uh, soccer game, right? It was he was there yeah. for, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember too driving you around and uh, making a couple loops around Dallas, not knowing. Like we were just talking and we were trying to go to this restaurant, and I was like, "Oh, I got to turn here." Whoops, missed it. Okay, let me turn around and go back and uh, get talking. You know, again. We miss it again. <laughs> it, we missed it because of the conversations, and we had such a strong relationship built on social media before we ever met in person. Yeah, and when we meet in person, it's as if we've been together for years. Right? So I love love connecting with 
uh, peers like this, like you. Absolutely. I do too, man. It's, it's great. And one of the things that I've noticed is well, that's good about it is you also get to keep up with people and you see what they're into. And lately I've kind of watched you really adopt this certain kind of video. And, uh-huh. that, and that's what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to bring you on to talk about is how's that going. So one of the things you're doing right now is you're doing the daily KJTV, which I think started around IGTV, right? When that launched, you kind of kicked off. Yes, you know, you, you've been noticing, Seth. Yeah, I'm paying attention. I, I, not just a hat rack, friend. Not just a hat rack up here. Speaking of which, what does your hat say? Uh, my, my hat says, uh, <laughs> make Wi-Fi great again. It's one of the popular hats that I'm wearing around town these days. I couldn't read the word Wi-Fi. I, you were turned, and I was like, what does that say? Make Wi-Fi great again. That's amazing. We have to sell it's, those it's on one website. message everyone can agree on. <laughs> so you started around IGTV's launch uh, doing daily videos. You were on IGTV. Then you kind of got away from that a little bit and started doing your own thing. So tell us Dude, about that what transition. Is IGTV? I don't even know what IGTV is anymore. Do yeah. you know that? Yeah. Like that's a figment of my imagination. Not really. It's kind of a weird ominous, you know, wibbly wobbly thing that's out there that might get used. I don't know anybody that's using it. Um, no one's using it. No, it's like something on government subsidies that's still propping it up basically. And what's crazy about IGTV is it actually gave us the ability to link from a story in Instagram Yes. To a long form video in IGTV yes. to swipe up and everybody has this access now to do that combination and we're still not doing it. Nope. And, it's, uh, and it's, yeah, it blows my mind. I'm like, cause I'm not doing it. I'm like, why am I not doing it? Well, it's because no, once you get there, no one's there. It's like, you don't want to, yes. you want to, you want to teleport people into a ghost town. That's not nice of you. If you do that. <laughs> Unless, of course, the ghost town is like a choose your own adventure episode of Doctor Who and you get to run around and try to find the ghosts. And, now, I will and say figure the interface out. of IGTV is really nice. Discoverability, uh, changing channels. Yeah. It actually works. It's just that I don't think they figured it out. What they look, we talk about the triangle of, of consumption and creation, where at the tip of the t- triangle is creators. The middle band, and that tip is like, say, 1%. And then, say, 9% is the middle band. 9% is the curators. And then the 90% is consumers. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Instagram, they underestimated how small the tip of the triangle was. Yes. That there aren't enough creators out there to populate their channels. And so they were trying to take a hit at uh, YouTube. Right. Draw all those yep. great massive creators away. But, you know, and in fact that they couldn't figure out how to get the 90 percent consumer base there, the consumption just wasn't there either. And so I think it's just why it's flat. Now, what I'm what I'm really puzzled is Instagram is such an innovative culture that they haven't pivoted. It's been yep. it's been too long. We we talk about social media in, in dog years. Right. Right. We've been through a couple cycles already in 2018. Why haven't they released IGTV 2.0, 3.0 already? Yeah, it's one of the biggest concerns, I think. And I heard um, I think it's uh, Lindsay from Fishhook on their podcast recently was saying that the big issue with IGTV is is that there's not it's not searchable. Like you can't yeah. find people. It's just kind of doing it for you. It's on autopilot. And you're like, nobody. Nobody wants that. We all want the on-demand, pick our pick our audience, pick who we're watching, and it just doesn't give us really a lot of control over that. Too, you might be too young for this, but when MTV first launched, they had the campaign, I Want My MTV. Oh, yeah. I think we should do like a podcast episode where we just like list 
and and send like a public letter to Instagram that says, this is what we want in IGTV. <laughs> Make yes. it happen. Do it. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I was I was one of the ones that had to say I want my MTV. I was in a I was in a part of Texas that the cable company did not carry MTV because it was bad. Horrors, horrors. It was bad for us. That's what they said. That's why they didn't and care. Now we wish our kids only watched MTV. Mm. <laughs> well, not now. Maybe that yeah. old MTV. Maybe. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's get it. Let's talk about your video, your 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 daily KJTV. So you bounced off of IGTV, yeah. and you got into uh, you're loading it straight to Facebook, right? You're just uploading straight there. So this is the one thing I'm a, I'm a <coughs> practitioner and a consultant, and in the world of practitioner and consultant, it's great because when you're a practitioner, I say they're my rules, I make them up, I'm creating case studies so mm-hmm. that I can point to for my coaching and consulting clients, right? right? And my friends and peers, and if you're gonna be a leader in this area, you really wanna show people practical things, right? I don't wanna show up with um, you know, uh, an entourage filming me wherever I go and trying to be Gary V and have production studios where there's like 50 people doing post-production and then telling people that's what you should be doing. Because the average church in this country doesn't have that. They don't have the bandwidth. They don't have the staff. Right. They don't have equipment. They don't have the budget. And so what I've been really doing is and this is and this is shocking to a lot of people um, because I do get that question. What are you using to produce all your videos? Right. What's your workflow? Right. And, everything? and here's the here's the secret, Seth. It's in my hand. It's literally in my hand. So mm-hmm. what I do is I'm holding up my iPhone 10. Or is it the iPhone X? I never know. I, I always feel awkward. It's, it's Weapon X. <laughs> We've already done a couple Wolverine references. Let's just keep it going. So, <laughs> uh, I'm holding my iPhone, and what I do is I capture, I edit, and I publish all directly from my phone. Now, I have a team of videographers on our team, etc., but I've chosen to keep it simple and, and create a workflow that I can get it done. And in an, so I'll record... A, and I'm trying to get it down to this under 60 seconds. Today I had a 50 something second uh, episode, and so I, you know, tapped my, uh, you know, uh, shoulder and said, "Yes, you, you're doing a good job, boy." Um, <laughs> so I want to try to get under 60 seconds, uh, but it's, uh, honestly, it goes from one to three minutes. Right, is my average video length. Yeah, and that that takes about 10 minutes to edit now on my phone. Really, from start to and finish. So, Within 15 minutes, it'll be up on. So what I'm doing is I'm not sending it to Facebook. I'm actually sending it to LinkedIn. Really? LinkedIn oh, that's right. My... I have seen you on LinkedIn. You are pushing yes. it there. So I'm trying to rule LinkedIn. The algorithms are great. I think everyone should be on LinkedIn, mm. especially with video. And so I'm, I'm natively on LinkedIn. I'm talking about LinkedIn sometimes explicitly. And then what I'll do is I'll syndicate that to – I'll copy and paste onto Facebook, YouTube, other places, et cetera. So you take that uh, same anyway, link. It takes under 15 minutes per episode. And so my point is if I can do it with myself, no team, no, no entourage, um, no budget, and I can do it in 15 minutes, so can you. There's and no excuse. Absolutely. How, how has your engagement been on, on that? Are people like – Paying attention? Are they commenting, liking? Are they Absolutely. asking questions? Absolutely. So there's a couple things, I, and I'm trying to discern this. One is you do get a um, an amplifier effect for a serial, right? A series of videos. Putting one video up, you get great, you great, you know, you get great exposure because it is video. 
But I do believe that now that I'm today, I think this week I put up, I crossed the 50th line. So I have 50 episodes up. Okay. So I'm not even that far into it. But I can tell you anyone and everyone I know in my network that I see that I was just at uh, Church IT Network Conference. I was just at that church conference. I was just at First Impressions Conference. Every single place I'm showing up, people are saying they see my videos or they're asking me about them and they're asking me how am I producing the videos, et cetera. So I can tell you it is um, huge, huge exposure, huge yeah. exposure. And then from a actual quantitative um, place, um, I already booked two contracts for consulting and coaching with people that I didn't know, right? So they always say as a – Because of those videos. Yeah, as an entrepreneur, when you have a startup company, you can, when your mom buys your product, that's not a customer. That does not mean your startup is real, right? It has to be a stranger yep. and your mom's friends and your grandma's friends don't count. Yep. It has to be a true stranger that gave money out of their own pocket to you that, uh, that your startup idea is actually valid, right? And so I've gotten to that point with video where people are contacting me based on the video and the teaching that are not in my first tier, second tier of relationships. That's incredible. That's a, and, and you know, I, I think one of the things we heard at that church conference a lot, that's a, a permeating theme right now is changing our interpretation of what better really looks like. And a lot of us who are video people really love better to mean high quality video, excellent lighting, you know, shot on a nice camera, you know, it, it's got great sound, great audio. And certainly those things, those things can be really distracting if they're not decent, but there's a, there's a wave happening on social media where that doesn't matter nearly as much in effect. And, and now we're trying to figure out how effectiveness is actually better. And, and what we're really trying to do is be effective and reach people, engage with people. It's kind of cause social has changed. Right. And so we're still promoting on something that's, that said, Hey, we're not for promotion. Like we're here to filter or, or, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, foster, communication between friends, you know, Absolutely. conversations. And so it's like you're using the platform wrong if you're not thinking that way about what you're putting on it. Dude, and- millennials are smarter than you think, right? <laughs> they know that when things are too polished and it's all commercial and at the end of the day that you're just trying to trick them into coming to engage with you or coming to buy your stuff or yep. coming to do whatever you want them to do, right? Yeah. So um, an iPhone video – and I'm doing very minimal editing on this stuff. Um, and I've got stingers with the logo, et cetera, that's on already on my phone. So it is it is more than just a straight cut. And I, I could do a straight cut, one cut video. Yeah. But uh, I think the point is that the iPhone video signals this is not something that's commercial. It's something that's personal. Mm-hmm. And people people prefer that. Yeah. And, and more and more so. And even with the advent of vertical video now, it's just becoming more and more personal. It's almost like vertical video equals personal and yes. horizontal video equals produced. Yes. Like well, even, even like the video that you just put out, the epic one talking about FOMO and all these other major concepts was a vertical video. Mm-hmm. Even though you upload it to Facebook and Facebook puts the sidebars, et cetera, it immediately signals this is not a commercial productized video. This is a message and then the fact that you're teaching me something 
um, a lens to that authenticity and then increases my trust factor that says, okay, this guy is actually showing me something behind the scenes at his church on a Saturday afternoon and he's trying to teach me what they're doing behind the scenes, right? It just increases that trust factor and I'm willing to hang on for that video much longer than if it was, if you had your, what do you call the the intro and the B-roll of the, you know, the drone shot of your church and the the (laughs) flashy graphics and the swooshes and, right, Seth coming on on a motorcycle and stuff like that. yeah. Where's that motorcycle shot? I need more swooshes and motorcycles. That's definitely what I need. Dude, I've ridden a motorcycle one time and I laid it over, by the way. Right, Brady Brady is the one that said, stop stop the scroll. That's his latest campaign. He's saying, you have to vary it up. People are not, it's like banner ad blindness. We've gone to the point that's on social. People can sniff it out. You've got less than seven seconds, right? The human attention span is now less than a goldfish at eight seconds. You've got Mm -hmm. less than seven seconds to to get the trust of a human to stop the scroll and continue on. And I think that's what it's really about is that, is it trust? It's that when it feels, it feels raw, it feels unproduced, it feels uh, more authentic and and we're willing to trust that person a little bit more uh, or that organization. Even if you represent your church, it's like, Oh, hope fellowship does vertical video or, you know, ex Baptist church does vertical video. That's just a guy talking to me. Oh, that's cool. I see it as office, you know, that, so speaking of that, um, what are some of those parallels to use some of the stuff we're talking about? How could a church embrace this kind of video? Cause you do it daily. I mean, that is a daily video you're shooting and producing yeah. every single day. Well, Most churches well, would, would well, hear that and go, no way. One second. We're calling it a vlog, right? So yeah. other than just a consistent publishing of videos, calling it a vlog or packaging it, that form factor makes a difference, mm-hmm. I think. Because people then develop trust over that, right? Because they'll watch one episode of you. They might not watch another 12 episodes until the next one. But if they periodically dip into that stream that you're calling a vlog and it has similar qualities of value that you're delivering, um, I think overall it really helps you in in terms of their affinity for your production. That's the first thing. Second, for a church, there's tons of ways that you would vlog about church life. And I would do, I mean, there's so, I mean, it's just like all the other social media content tactics that we would do, right? So one mm-hmm. is behind the scenes. I would vlog about preparation. Um, when I was in Liquid Church, we had volunteers that came in on Tuesdays um, and Thursdays. Tuesdays was this big production day. They, there was an assembly line of stuff, whether it be for bulletins or props or anything. Show the behind the scenes. Show how much, yeah. how much time and energy and care is, is put, being put into Sunday um, or Saturday at your church, right? Yeah. And um, even showing off the people behind the scenes, I think that's – it really uh, will inspire others to get involved in, and understand, hey, this is not just uh, – right? The, mis- the mistake people think is pastors only work one hour on Sundays and that's it and the rest of the week they're off. Um, <laughs> there's oh, a lot of – Those you know, are the days. Go- yeah. <laughs> Back when I was a pastor and I only had to work one one hour a week, that was pretty awesome. One of my one of my most popular formats is when I've been going to conferences. I've been trying to not feature me, but I literally asked, "Hey, what's the one big takeaway from today or this week?" Mm-hmm. Now imagine if you just had a man on the street vlog like that, where you, Seth, you or somebody, a volunteer or someone from a youth group, you empower them to literally go around to people after the sermon and say, "Hey, what's the one big takeaway from this week's sermon?" One takeaway. Yeah. I guarantee if you ask 12 people, 20 people, 
um, you're going to get a wide spectrum of responses. They're not all going to say the same thing. Feature just three of them, just three into a package and say, hey, this Sunday we're talking, we have this, you know, mountain series, whatever it might be. Um, it's about relationships. And, uh, and then you cut to three different people and you ask them what their big takeaway is. And then you have a call to action. Say, hey, we'd love to have you here for the series. You can catch up online with this, our, our sermon archive or, or visit us uh, this next Saturday or Sunday and to, you know, to figure out what's the next step. Those types of things, I think, in a serial manner every week could really help light the fire under a lot of people. Absolutely. And, and it also, one of the benefits of doing something like that, not only is it consistent and it's something people start to look forward to, and then they start looking for you in the crowd and going, I want to be on that, you know, be, be part of that, especially if you're walking around just getting video after the service. But it creates this culture of your church. It, it, it kind of shapes that culture that the people here get to be part of that conversation. It's Absolutely. not just, yes. It's, yes. It's, it's not just like, I have to listen to this guy talk for 40 minutes and then I'm done. I think Sunday mornings, personally, this is my opinion. Sunday mornings are so spectator oriented that it's like whenever someone, and this is, this is kind of off the, off the subject, but whenever someone's like online church could never be real relationships, I'm like, okay, well, I know you say that, but what relationships are you forming on Sunday morning? Yep. You know, how is your Sunday morning structured? Are you, are you really fostering community on Sunday morning in your service? No, typically or not. We do five minutes of handshake and that's community. It's not, we know it's not, and, and we don't even call it that anymore. But when you start involving people in a blog in a vlog or something outside in the, in that, in that lobby, that's where the community is supposed to happen. Take the video and then involve more people in that online. Cause they, even though they're not in the video or they didn't see you doing it when they watch it later, they're going to feel like they're part of it because someone is there in the shot representing them. That's not on staff. Well, not of that. I'm I'm all for staff visibility and people visibility. So, yeah, giving people a little bit of someone's story gives people an excuse later on that says, "Wow, Seth, you're into pajamas with footsies. Me too, right?" Like um, <laughs> Kenny, I don't know what it might be, but reveal you're stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, like what a, a great series. I would say again uh, for Man on the Street for Church is. Who invited you or how did you get invited? Because everyone, oh, that's good. everyone that's in our building got invited I mean, for the most part. Like 99% of the people, they did not just walk in because they felt like they had to go to church that Sunday, right? Yeah. Now you have a certain percentage. The majority of people and, and the majority of growth happens by invitation. So mm -hmm. stop instructing your people to invite them. Equip them. And the best way to do is tell the stories. Hey, how did you get invited? How did you first get you know get into the building? And there's always a story. You know, my man Seth, we were out bowling one day. And he told me, you know, if I got another strike, that he's going to take me to church or something. Right? There's some wacky story of how people got invited. The invitation video, I think, is you want you want to do three things. One is you want to show people, you know, that people are inviting each other, and you want to normalize that culture of inviting, right? Right. Um, two, you want to instruct them, and not uh, you don't want to instruct them. You want to equip them. So showing the fifty different ways over time of how people get invited is going to give people ideas on how they're going to invite their friends. And the third one, I think, is um, showing little tidbits of personality or people's stories gives other people excuses to strike up conversations when they see them later in, in the foyer, you know, at an event, online, somewhere, if they're sitting next to each other. Hey, 
didn't I see you on the video? You know, that kind of thing. So yeah. um, I think, again, vlogging like that is so simple. But you can see how the rewards could be tremendous over time for your community. Right. And there's a density um, of doing that often and doing it um, consistently. And, and yes. you just can't get that level of, of that that you need when you have to shoot everything in a studio. You just you just can't get it. And you can't get the footage that you want to get either unless you like get your whole video team out there. They bring the whole rig. They get all the B-roll and they talk to people and there's a big light tree and there's microphones and, and it's like, everybody knows what's going on. It's like, they see all that going on like, Oh, they're filming. And then it's like, it kind of freaks people out a little bit too. Oh, I don't want to be on camera, but they'll be on the phone camera. They'll be on iPhone with you, you know? And it's like, Oh, that's just a phone. That's okay. Nobody cares about that. There it's, it just, it breaks through some barriers, I think for, for so many people to be willing to open up and, be part of that with us. And I think it's really valuable that churches could embrace that. So, um, well, this church is embracing video is just the way of the future. It's got to happen and we got to find ways to do it. We got to find ways to do it fast. So can you tell us how else we can connect with you online and keep up with some of the things you're doing, especially the uh, daily KJ TV? (laughs) Well, so you can find the hashtag it's on Facebook, it's on LinkedIn, um, and YouTube, right? So look for KJTV, daily K, hashtag daily KJTV. Um, and then um, I've got my own blog at kennyjang.com and um, Church Butler, Butler, butler.church, www.butler.church is a great place to go. Awesome. Um, and um, yeah, I love connecting with people and hearing your stories and trying to figure out, hey, how do we, how do we help you take the next step in whatever you do? Because um, in today's world, Yours and mine, uh, it's all about bias for action, and we need to figure out how to do that for the kingdom. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Kenny. Thank you so much for sharing what you're doing with us and for doing what you're doing. And uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. It's always a pleasure. Awesome. This episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast is brought to you by the guys who drive their motorcycles down Dallas Tollway and do wheelies. You're going to die a premature death. 